I'm going to start this episode of You Killed It with a question for you, Sheldon Alexander. Okay. Is there an age limit on twerking? Because this episode, episode five of the Challenge All-Stars season two, starts with a party scene. And there is a lot of people in their late 30s, early 40s, and 50s twerking. I'm going to say no. All right. I'm going to say okay. no, because I think that you should be able to do whatever you want to do. And as long as you still can work it, work it. Fair enough. I agree. It should not, I believe, see race or gender. I'll try to twerk. I basically have no ass, but I'll put it out there, Sheldon. So. <laughs> Just going to let that one go, man. Already? <laughs> like we're two minutes in. Not even. <laughs> Like what's oh, we're gonna right get now. we're gonna get silly on this episode. Someone else who's I think being a little silly is Ayana feeling herself with her second life shield, and it yeah. occurred to me this might be a problem for the women of the house if they keep putting her into eliminations and she keeps winning life shields. That means they mm-hmm. can only take a run at her every other week. Yeah. That's a problem while yeah. it's a tighter schedule. But, you know, every other episode. Yeah, I think that she definitely is just putting a target on her back. So either she just has to keep winning, right? You have to either keep winning the eliminations or winning the challenges. And, you know, at this point, I mean, eventually it'll catch up to her because you'll be going against someone, you know, of better talent mm-hmm. in said elimination. But Mm -hmm. as of now, yeah, I think she's definitely the winner of the doing too much award. I'll say that much. Well, that's the other thing. Like she's going to be, she does a little bit too much. There's a moment in this episode where she, she hints at doing too much. Mm -hmm. And I'm not ready for it. But very true. We have some other people that in my opinion, were doing too much. Nehemiah, Tarion and tech calling themselves the Three Kings or the King's Palace. I was more down with the name Three Kings because I want to believe it references the classic movie with George Clooney and Ice Cube. But then the King's Palace and like, it's a little bit too much for me. What do you think of this, uh, this whole game plan for these three? I mean, it's cool. You're setting up an alliance. I do find it kind of weird that there's five people in their alliance and they call it three kings. Um, But I guess we found out how tight that five alliance king's palace actually was. So I guess like maybe that told on itself. Um, I just don't know what I think about this crew and how far they can actually go. Because their gameplay doesn't seem to be strong, as shown by no. this episode. So their gameplay I mean, is not and- very strong, and I, Nehemiah is sort of the leader. I'll say this for them: I feel like the reason why they came together makes a lot of sense. Because there's there was the Brad Derek uh, Durrell situation that like alliance that they saw was happening. Nehemiah snooping around sort of uncovered this alliance 
And they're right. Like, that's a dangerous group. Obviously, they got rid of Derek last episode. And you have to be aware, right? And you have to, we've seen this happen on too many seasons of the challenge. You have to start to counteract these people, right? Like, if you see that there's a powerful alliance with like proven winners, you, yeah. you got to act sooner rather than later. And to their credit, they have started to do that. But they're not, they're not a great alliance. Like, it's just like, they just, I don't want to say they got lucky last episode with Steve and Casey winning, but it like, they were fortunate that those two won. I also just think that, you know, their alliance seems to be formed just because they share a room. It's not because they thought like any of these guys are great players. And plus, as we know, we come to find out Steve was just a late addition. So on top of that, it's not even like they thought he was a great player. He thought they were a great team. So it's all pretty random. And I still, maybe I missed it. It's definitely possible. But uh, how Melinda fits into all this, like she's just their crew. She's just in their room. I don't know. Yeah, she's in their room too. I also think this is an example of how, you know, All-Stars, the OG seasons, it's checkers and uh, the regular challenge is uh, more chess. Because you know what people do in the regular challenge is they – they make sure that their alliance members are all in different rooms so they can keep tabs on everything. This is true. This right? Like is they true. divide and conquer, they keep their antenna up. They meet when they can to talk about things. That's the way to do things. I think. But yeah, I mean, who knows what's going on here because Tina becomes a huge focal point and we get the flashback of Tina in her old school run and what she was up to in her challenge heyday. And it was some straight mean girl vibes. And it was just weird to see. Cause I was kind of like, okay, what are they setting up? Do you know what I mean? What are they setting up here? And then when they, it actually came to be as kind of like, wait, what, what's happening? Like, I, I didn't even really get it. This was a very strange episode and I've been in on this season so far, but this was a very, very, very weird episode to me. I think this was the weakest episode. Well, I mean, as a, again, right. The Tina stuff we'll get to like, as that all plays out and obviously people know what's going on, but I thought it was just a hard, like left turn into the um, Melinda stuff where she started talking about, um, you know, the fact that the date for her scheduled C-section was going to be the next day of them having the challenge. Um, she lost her baby five months prior to being on the show. And it was just kind of, it kind of seemed out of nowhere. Right. And this was another example to me where, you know, they probably do a better job on the normal challenge because there's more time to kind of build out the storyline, right? Like this, mm-hmm. this for the most part, unless you are super familiar with her from prior seasons, this is like your introduction to her. And you're kind of just like, whoa and you feel for her obviously but you kind of want to know more and like get more of a backstory and and, you know make sure that she's okay and find out you know more about the decision to 
come on the challenge after this happened, you know, like they didn't really give much of an opportunity for that. And again, not that she has to explain anything, not that she has, not that her reason would be right or wrong. I'm just saying for me understanding as a viewer in terms of trying to, you know, figure out who you're going to root for, you know, you want to root for these people. And obviously, you know, having someone go through that, you want to root for them, obviously, but I'm just saying, I wish they did a better job of giving us more, um, more of her story. Right. Cause that's a super serious issue. Yeah. And again, it just seems kind of random that it just pops up and then we kind of just like move on. All right, here's the daily challenge. It's like, wait, what, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it, it was, I don't want to say heavy because I don't want to sound judgmental, but you're right. It was a tough left turn. I think it's mm -hmm. constructive that she's, you know, out here she knows that the daily competition is going to distract her from yeah. what might be on her mind. Totally um, fair. And it's an awful situation that she and her partner were, were in. But yeah, they didn't, they didn't like close that circle. Like from a narrative standpoint, Mm -hmm. we had this very impactful scene and then it just sort of disappeared and then suddenly it's the daily challenge uh what did you think of this competition i mean it seemed pretty straightforward i didn't really understand how like people didn't get the rules like i thought it was weird like you had to run jump on these trampolines you get to the top one and you have to jump and knock over a puzzle piece into the water you do that three times, you get the puzzle pieces, you do the math equation, cool, bing, bang, boom. Seems pretty straightforward. But I can't really say a lot of people because they did have the montage of uh, the song that I didn't really know what it was. Like, obviously I know what it was because it's catchy ass woohoo, which like I remember from my childhood, obviously. But I was like, I don't know. I really don't know who sings the song. I really don't know. And we've talked about this a lot, right? So I'm sorry for the people who are like, you guys say the same thing every episode. But like, this is a song where that's stuck in my brain and it comes on and you're just like, yeah. And like, the, obviously the when the beat kicks in, you're just like, do, 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 right? And you're like, you're all into it. And I'm, I actually stopped and like, wait, I don't even know what song this is. And I, instead of looking it up, I like just talking about it on the episode because it gives us stuff to talk about on the pod. But did you I mean, have the same feeling all, when the song came on? I mean, hold on. We got to back it up. First of all, they played S Club 7, Bring It All Back, which longtime listeners of <sighs> You Killed It will know that I love S Club 7. That was obviously my song of the episode. And Bring It All Back is my go-to happy song. If I'm feeling depressed, I put it on and it just, it turns me around immediately. But the song you're referring to is Song 2 by Blur, which is also fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, although Damon Albar is in some trouble today with the Swifties because oh. he took a run at Taylor Swift. Okay. But uh, I'm a, I think, I don't know, like I was obviously hyped for S Club 7, but then mm -hmm. when Song 2 came on, I was also excited. Like it's a great like pump up jam. You know, it was, it's called Song 2 by Blur. It's two minutes long. It was the second song on Big Shiny Tunes 2. So is so, there a song? Oh, that's why it's called Song 2? Yeah, it's, it's just called Song 2 because it's two minutes long. I think it was two minutes. It was the second song on the Blur album. And oh. it was the second song on Big Shiny Tunes 2. But like it's, it's a whole thing. 
but that's what it's that's just what so it's felt. I was gonna because my question was gonna be is there a song one right I don't think so. so I'll check I don't think there's a song one because like that definitely I remember that song and I, I was trying to like you know I'm gonna date myself and there's no shame here all the people that listen to the pod kind of know like we fit into that same age group I feel like give or take five years right but it's like I felt like I remembered that from like my grade eight dance school dance right like I just felt like that was a thing and um yeah it's just a catchy ass song and again I I know we talk about the same thing all the time but the era of like much music where you sit down and watch music videos you hear all these same songs that might not be the genre of music that is your quote-unquote favorite but popular music was popular music that's what it was you knew the song I don't think I knew the words other than the chorus but definitely like the catchy, you know, I'm not going to sing it, but people <laughs> no, watching the, the video. Screaming. I, so there was no song one, as far as I can tell. Okay. Um, it was, I'm going to check the track listing, but I will tell you that in 1998, BBC Radio One listeners voted song to the 15th best song ever. Okay, so on last episode, we went through like the People magazine, right? List. I need you to tell me the first 14 songs of what was it that year? Uh, I don't know if it's that year or ever. Oh, hold on. They, hold on. They listed that song as the 15th best song ever? Yeah. Okay, hold on. you have to tell me what the other 14 songs are then. Like, what? This is. Oh, like, wow. This is this is very much shaded towards Britain. Oh, okay. okay. Well, it makes it even more interesting. We're international. <laughs> okay, so number sixteen, just for context, was "Common People." Great song. Number fourteen was "Manic Street Preachers" designed for life. No. Nope. Uh, number thirteen was. Sit Down by James. Number 12 was Angels by Robbie Williams. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Angel by Shaggy. <laughs> <laughs> Number 11 was The Master Plan by Oasis. Okay. Number 10 was Music Sounds Better With You by Stardust. Number 9 was Live Forever by Oasis. This is this is where they're gonna lose us. This is I'm noticing a trend here. Like anyways, please keep going. <laughs> Number eight was Imagine by John Lennon. Okay. <laughs> Number seven was With or Without You by U2. Number six was Everybody Hurts. Number five was Creep by Radiohead. Number I thought four you were say TLC. <laughs> was Underworld. Uh, sorry, was Boring Slippy by Underworld. Number three was Bittersweet Symphony by Verve. Okay. Number two was Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. Wow. Okay. And then number, number one. one. Hold on. Radio can I guess? One, best track ever. You can guess. You're not going to get it. My guess is Return of the Mac, Mark Morrison. I mean, that would be an excellent choice. 
I'm just that's not my that's not a real guess. I was just being stupid. It was, that was not even on the list. I regret to inform you. Number one was Unfinished Sympathy by Massive Attack. I don't even know what that is. How are you going to rate that above Smells Like Teen Spirit or Bittersweet Symphony? Or Creed? How many movies, how many, how many movies is Bittersweet Symphony in? All of them. Right? Like they must make so much cake off of just music royalties. So I'll tell you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share a story and then we should probably get back to the challenge all star. <laughs> Last episode of You Killed It, I talked about okay. how I went to the uh, Rock the Bells tour. Correct. Did you go to Rock the Bells? No. Okay. Well, they had in between sets, they had like acts so they could like change and like stuff like that. And mm-hmm. obviously it was a rap and hip hop festival. And a DJ, DJ Green Lantern, went up. This was like, mm-hmm. to, like, you know, if it started at noon, we're at like 6 or 7 p.m. So people are a little tired, but like yep. sticking it out because like the big acts hadn't shown up yet, hadn't performed yet. Mm-hmm. And he starts to play Bittersweet Symphony okay. to an all-rap and hip-hop crowd. Okay. And like dead silence. <laughs> okay like dj green lantern perhaps not reading the room no offense to verve but also like not a ton of crossover but then no. he starts to mix it with 50 cents many men <laughs> and i don't know if you've ever heard the mashup of bittersweet symphony uh... and 50 cents many men but they <laughs> sync not. up perfectly you can find it on youtube and it that is a is banger. And so he just like, I'm... he was like looping Bittersweet Symphony and like just the showmanship of mm-hmm. like playing that for like a minute. Because it's like a distinctive song and everyone's yeah. like borderline getting boots. And then yeah, like yeah, sinking yeah. in 50 Cent, just like the place went nuts. Oh. And he just like, <laughs> like synced it up for three minutes and That's then the next act came out. That's pretty funny. I like that. So, I like that. That's so, what you get on this pod. That's what you get on this pod. <laughs> so I get ga- I gather that Bring It All Back by S Club Seven was not your song of the episode. Was song no. two by Blur your song yes. of the episode? Okay. Or as I wrote down, woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what always like amazes me about Blur? And I think about this not just because Damon Albarn is now feuding with Taylor Swift, but it's so weird that gorillas is supposed to be like the spin-off of blur like it's supposed to be the side project of blur okay but gorillas is infinitely more popular than blur like it's so weird that his main band has been yeah blown out of the water by a side project i can't lie to you i totally just forgot what podcast i'm on right now <laughs> Hopefully I let this happen. <laughs> right? I'm just like, this is amazing. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I also I saw uh Gorillas live and they were fantastic. Surprisingly good. Okay. Okay. As live as Gorillas can be, because you know, the cartoon character. Well, you know who wasn't good? 
Casey. I mean, you'll have to narrow it down. I was going to say, a few people had some struggles. I mean, that's that's fair. Um, Casey definitely wasn't good. She just gives up. And I found it really strange because the way that she was uh, so cheered for, so she was applauded for her performance just last episode, no? And then mm-hmm. now, all of a sudden, we're back to square one, it seemed, and she just kind of gave up. And you know, I, I get how this was different because you you got a jump, but while you're already doing it, it's like you're you've already done it. Like I I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, but what was worse, Casey's performance or Tex Math? I mean, I think Tex Math. Because <laughs> here's the thing, Casey did jump what three two three times. Yeah. Like, let's give her that much. Like, she did it two or three times. She wasn't getting it done. She was taking hard falls. Like, she took the mm-hmm. beating, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas Tech, in his own words, could not do fifth grade math. Okay, so let me put it to you this way, then. Who is worse, Casey's performance or Steve's performance? I I'm going to go Steve. I think Steve. Yeah, I'm going to go Steve. I, I think Steve. Casey has a, a history of struggling. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. The, yeah. The other thing I, I had a question for you stemming from this. What's worse, taking these bad falls or the embarrassing noises that people make afterwards? The like, the, like, the, the like air sucking, like whales mating noise that people make when they take these bad falls well do you know what it is it's like you fall and you're trying to like brace to feel like how injured you are how hurt am i right um but i think the bad fall because the bad fall when you know you're about to crash you know what i mean and and that's Mm -hmm. gotta be such a terrible feeling um and yeah i I get why you're right i get why casey all of a sudden wouldn't want to do it anymore but in terms of steve though it's like he was trying to do too much. First, he jumped and tried to hit both of them at the same time, which you're not supposed to do, or I guess you can do, but it just means you got to swim more. But while he did that, he had to leave one, and it just ended up floating away, which made it more difficult for him to bring it back. So it was just a bad performance by Steve. He might have had the worst performance, even worse than Melinda, who fell and, and got DQ'd. And, you know, really wasn't a good day for her. No, but no one's mad at Melinda because she tried her best. No. Like, she, yeah, that she could tried. have happened to her. any of them. And yeah. then Jasmine took a bad fall and like mm-hmm. basically washed ashore, but then dug deep and got it done. I, like, I got to say, mm-hmm. I, used to, I used to really dislike Jasmine, like in yeah. previous seasons. Like, I found her whiny and immature. But I'm really enjoying her on this season. Like, she's just, like, she's good people. Like, she's just down to earth. You mm-hmm. know, she she mentioned her kids, which sometimes I get tired of these parents. Be like, I'm doing it for my kids. But, like, it felt, she doesn't do it all the time. She's not like Corey, where she's like, I'm doing it for my kids. She's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She mentioned it once after a really bad fall and, like, a rallying point. Like, I'm going to do this for my kids, you know? Like, 
It was yeah. more it was more authentic in my opinion. No, for sure. I get that. I totally get that. And I think for her too, like it was funny. What was her line later on? She's just like, I'm too old for this. <laughs> oh yeah. No, <laughs> the drama crazy. when Tina, Tina was trying to do her thing. Speaking of my line of the episode is actually uh, the back and forth as Tina was trying to go up and she's bouncing. I don't even know what her strategy was. I don't know how to describe it. She was like on her knees trying to do this, which just seemed weird. And TJ says, that's the coolest technique I've ever seen. Followed by <laughs> Tina's response of, shut up, TJ. <laughs> I, I, I will say TJ had my line of the episode. Okay. Uh, when <laughs> when um, Casey quits and he's like giving her shit, he goes, you hear that plane? You'll be on the next one. <laughs> <laughs> yes well done well done by tj um going back to the three kings alliance so not a good day for the the three kings alliance as two of their alliance members who were not also mentioned in the three kings <laughs> happened to lose that episode um i thought that was hilarious uh, it came down to brad and Darrell. For the guys, Darrell ends up winning and Jody wins by a landslide and uh, for the women. And I mean, this led to Jody, Brad and Darrell kind of forming like Voltron here and in, in making an alliance somehow. Right. I saw your reaction yeah. to to uh, Voltron there. You got a little <laughs> excited there, John. You know me. You know me too well, Sheldon. You know, I love it when you talk nerdy to me. Um, yeah, they got together and I mean, this makes sense. Like Darrell and Brad were already on the same wavelength, maybe hadn't like mm -hmm. sealed it, but like we're on mm -hmm. the same page and, um, you know, Jody's sort of a free agent, especially with Derek gone. Yep. It just makes sense. Um, and also, I mean, we talked about this on the regular challenge. But it's to their advantage, both Brad and Darrell. You want Jody around in the final. Totally. Because Jody and Kendall are probably the favorites mm -hmm. to win on the women's side. You want to be able to run with them, right? Like you want yep. you you want women that can hang with you. And like same goes with like if I'm Jody, I don't know that I want to run a final with Brad, but I want to run with, with Darrell. Totally. Right? Like proven winner, nice guy, like pretty calm, cool, and collected. Like, yeah, for sure. It mm -hmm. makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. These alliances make sense. Both the yeah. King's Palace and, God, I hate that name. I hate, you know what? Just in general, Sheldon, I hate when these alliances name themselves. I hate it when they do it on Big Brother. I hate it when they do it on Survivor. I don't even watch Survivor. And I hate it when they do it on the challenge. It's always so corny. Like, it's just, it's no good. There's none of them where I'm like, oh, yeah, this this is fine. Like, it's always so, it's so cringeworthy. Especially the Big Brother ones have the worst names, but I digress. <laughs> uh, I was going to say they've even gotten so creative that on the challenge, it was just called the Big Brother Alliance. Um, you but... know what, that one, I that's the best alliance name because, like, it's not... <laughs> Well, they're not trying to be uh, something that they're not, right? Like they're, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they're just, they are what they are, right? And like, yeah. it's also something that I know, don't know that they even apply to themselves, but just people started also calling true. them the Big Brother Alliance and they took it. 
So Darrell and Jody win. Darrell just beat Brad by like a second, which Brad smartly says in confessional is to his advantage because that means mm-hmm. Darrell's going to take the heat, but they have the same goals. Um, and also Brad and Ayana still have the life shields from last episode. So yeah. Darrell and Jody, they know that Brad's on the same page, but they're like, oh, we got to nominate Ayana because like, yeah. She's going to, she wants, well, she wants to use it on tech. Yeah. She wants to use it on tech. And, you know, obviously Steve exposed the the strategy that you got to use going forward in terms of making the people expose their um, shield. Uh, I would assume, or we know that this would happen on the normal season of the challenge. The producers would change the rules so that you can't do that for whatever reason. Like they just bring up another twist. Yeah, to, to work around it. Um, so we'll see if that ends up happening here. But in this instance, I found it really interesting because, you know, you want to put up, I get why they want to put up tech against Steve. I thought that was very interesting and a smart play um, by Darrell. And, you know, Jody obviously has her sights set on Tina. So that's pretty straightforward there as well. But what did you make of Viana being so mad that they took away basically her powers. She was upset at the fact that, hey, I earned this and now you guys are just taking it away. Do you think she has a right to be upset and complain? No, not at all. And I'm so <laughs> glad you asked because I was going to ask you, like if you didn't ask me, I was going to ask you. I don't know what she's so mad about. Like I, I've, I know I've said this before earlier on the season. The people on All-Stars don't seem to know what game they're playing some do don't get me wrong some people know yeah but that this the game is not about letting other people have power Mm -hmm. right and ayana's not in any alliance she's a wild card she's hot tempered she's playing her own game and so be it but like when nehemiah is telling Derek about like oh you have to go in like that's that's the Derek that i know that's like no bro the name of the game is to stay out the name of the game is to control who goes in. Mm-hmm. Ayana had the power to stop them from putting in who they wanted to put in. So, gotta go. And, like, it doesn't... Re- I know Ayana and Tech are tight. She likes Tech. But, like, them's the breaks. <laughs> like, Hey, I, I say it all the time. In the wise words from The Wire, the game is a game, man. The yeah. game is a game. Um... Tina doesn't get it either because she's saying she's upset and saying she doesn't play the game personal, but Jody does. And I'm thinking, wait a second, didn't Tina just put Jody up like two weeks ago? And wasn't that just strictly personal? I'm so confused. I didn't, I had no idea what Jody was, not Jody, what Tina was doing in this episode. It was so confusing. It was so conflicting. I have no idea. I'm very, I was confused by her from start to finish. And so, and let's explore that more. Excuse me, because we have two scenes coming up revolving around Tina, really three that are so confusing. So Ayana comes in. She's super salty that she had to use her life shield. Mm-hmm. She tells Tina that Tina's nominated. Yep. That it's her and Melinda. Um, and, or that it's going to be her versus Melinda. And uh, sorry, she's going to be up against 
up against Casey. And like Casey's standing beside Tina and Tina just is like turns her like gives her a high five. It's like, hey, like may the best person win. Yeah. And it is like totally cool with that. And Ayana's like, you're cool with being nominated. Tina's like, yeah, I've matured. And like, you know, it's just the game. And I was like, wow, this is a different Tina. This is interesting. This is cool. And then we have the voting process. And like Casey and Tina fine speeches. They're both basically like Casey's like, hey, Tina, I like you. I respect you. Please don't vote for me, everybody. Yeah. And Tina basically says the same thing and like, mm-hmm. that's cool. And then Tech in sort of a bizarre move <laughs> doesn't defend himself or anything. It was very weird. Weird and just says, I'm just here so I won't get fined. Which And like, even Latarian, who's his buddy, is like, is that all you're going to say, Tech? And Tech's <laughs> like, yep. And Latarian's like, are you sure? Um. <laughs> And then the voting weird happens. gameplay all around, man. Just weird gameplay all around. Weird gameplay all around. And then like Tech, it was definitely a mistake that Tech didn't make a speech. Tech gets voted in to go and Steve. Tina gets voted in to go and Casey. And Tina is floored and so angry about it. And I don't think, again, I don't think these people understand how the game's played. I truly believe what happened was. It was a runaway train. Early on, yeah. they both had, it was like 2-2 two, two, two for each of them for their votes. Mm-hmm. But then they both got up to 4-2, and so people just piled on because yeah. they didn't want to be the one to pull the trigger or like keep it tight. So they just yeah. like threw in. Because if you look at it, it didn't make sense from an alliance standpoint. It just made sense from a, I don't want to get in trouble for this standpoint. For sure. And I think for Tina, the, the thing that might be switched for her was seeing everyone pick her. And so maybe that earlier scene, she was thinking like, oh, people probably like me and, you know, I won't get voted in. But then you're in the scenario now where you are getting voted in and it's super blatant that you're getting voted in. And then that's when she kind of flips or flips it. And then, you know, I use the example of she turned she went Josh. Right. We talk about it all the time. Yeah. Our, our longtime Big Brother people will remember uh, Josh's season on Big Brother, where that's what he would do. He would grab the pots and pans and just bang them in the morning and wake people up when instead of like arguing with them and trying to do something physically to them, he would just be banging pots and pans in their face to be like the most annoying person ever. Um, and so I thought that's what maybe Tina was going for. But her speech was just weird. She's just like, I'm going to out all of you guys. Like, I didn't even know what she's saying. It was so weird. And then Jasmine had the perfect response. I'm too old for this shit. She went yeah. full Murtog. I mean, there was a lot more in that scene that I found confusing. First of all, Casey was one of the people that she yelled at. Casey did mm-hmm. not campaign against her. Casey did not talk shit. Casey, like we saw all the campaign that I believe Casey did where she just said like, Hey Tina, I love you. I don't want to go home. Please don't vote for me. Like, yeah. Why are you yelling at Casey? She did nothing wrong here. And also yeah, shouting at everyone only confirms their decision to vote her in. Right. Like yeah. that behavior is only going to confirm to everyone. Like, Oh yeah. Like I, I hope Tina goes home now. <laughs> like this is, yeah. we are on the, we are on course for the outcome I'm hoping for. The other thing I found interesting was the King's Palace. God, I hate even saying it. 
they're all mad at Steve for seemingly um, campaigning against his alliance member, Tech. Yeah. But first of all, Tech performed badly. Steve and Tech performed badly. Correct. From everything I've seen and heard, Steve never even really wanted to be in this alliance. They approached him. He said, sure, why not? Mm-hmm. Like, he's not their core guy. So, like, why are they expecting loyalty? And what's he supposed to do? Like, who is he supposed to call in? Yeah. I mean, it was weird. Steve, I thought, you know, you're right. They did pull him in. And there's a reason why they were super uh, nervous about having Steve even be just in. So, I don't. I just think, I just think Steve wasn't really a part of their alliance anyways. Like, we called themselves the three kings. I mean, there's only three people involved in this alliance. So, why would we think that? you know, Steve would have loyalty to that. And if tech, I mean, we didn't see Steve campaign at all, but if tech gets voted in, how much is that on Steve? I will say this is almost my line of the episode, but Latarian said that he wants to eat Steve's ass. I don't think Latarian knows what that means. Yeah, it's too late for it's. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, just gonna let that one go. You know what I mean? I'm just gonna let that one go. Um, So the elimination. (laughs) (laughs) I just think it's just a messed up play all the way around, right? Like the elimination, you're right, comes out, and you know who did you want to win? Because for me, it's very easy. Like I wanted Tech and Melinda to win. Absolutely, 100. percent I like Tech. I like Melinda, you know, Tina's whatever. Like she's yeah. Tina's fine. She's, she's neither here nor there. Like, and like sh- her behavior was so bizarre at this mm-hmm. point that I'm just like, uh, we don't need her. But like, I genuinely yeah. like tech. Like he's funny of the, uh, I hate that we have to keep saying it, of the King's Palace of the Three Kings. I like him best. Yeah. Right like no that's fair tech money it's great nickname tech money so i and i have to say when i saw what it was i was like oh this actually works to tech and melinda's favor yeah like running endurance speed i was like this is actually gonna work out and then your man tech throws the body yeah that caught me i was stunned at that and clearly so is steve (laughs) yeah and then so Steve got him back, but then Tech got him a second time. Like the first yeah. time I was like, okay, Steve wasn't expecting this to be a contact sport. Tech mm-hmm. got him by surprise, but for Tech to do it twice. Yeah. And then Steve just did what Steve's done throughout his entire time on the show. Fumbled the bag. Um, he just missed the button somehow. Yeah. And yeah, that caused Tech to win. And Steve, I mean, I don't know who my MVP is, but Steve is definitely LVP. Like, what a terrible episode Steve had. And even if you take it back to getting his homegirl Katie kicked off, too, essentially, by putting her in against a strong competitor, like, my guy had a rough season. And at the end, when he's like, I'll see you in 18 years, thinking he's making, like, this funny joke, is just like, I don't even know if they'd want you back, bro. Like, you were just bad. Like there's nothing good about what you did. And the, the one lifeline you did have 
was these guys bringing you into their alliance and then you wanted to go against tech anyways and then you lost so when you add everything up steve bro it's a tough that's a tough l like you had to do a lot to look worse than tina did because tina obviously just stood there and didn't even try but i would argue that steve almost did worse than tina yeah i think it i think at least with tina she made a decision you know like it wasn't an accident yeah um i mean you said it though let's talk about the women's competition tina just like sort of walks out as when she did that i'm like is her strategy just to like let melinda burn out and (laughs) or what then she just stood in the middle and faced everyone and like melinda like kept going at like three quarter speed Mm -hmm. and like finished and won I have a question for you. So Tina says, you know, that she realized she's being the person she didn't want to be. This isn't the scene for her. So she's, that's why she threw it. Do you think that's the case? Or do you think she knew Melinda was going to beat her? Yeah, I think she knew she was going to lose. And this was an easier way out than actually losing and, and walking away. I think she was so rattled by being selected to go in, right? Like, I I think she came on this season thinking she was going to be one of the main characters. She was going to be loud and be a focal point and be one of the stars of the show. And then to be put up to go home so quickly and voted in front of your face that all of these people would want to see you go into the elimination. I think that caught her so off guard that she's just like, you know what? This isn't what I, th- I think that part is true. This isn't what I thought it was going to be. I'm out. Yeah. Lame. And Lame. shouts to TJ again, who said that was an awesome men's elimination. <laughs> yep. I thought that, thought that was telling, but yeah, I thought that was really whack by Tina. It was. And I sincerely felt bad for Melinda. Cause mm. I mean, she says it in confessional, I think this is not how Melinda wanted to win her first uh, elimination ever, right? Like she wanted a legitimate competition. And like in, I felt bad for Melinda. Obviously we learned about her miscarriage, which is just heartbreaking, but also then she had that nasty fall and Mm might've been concussed, which I don't think is on her. Like, I think it could have happened to anyone. And then her opponent sort of like, I don't know. It doesn't make her look dumb, but like, and I don't want to say Tina disrespected her, but it wasn't respectful either. Like, you know, like it wasn't, it it wasn't a satisfying win. Yeah. But good news for Melinda, who might be nursing a concussion after all that, is that now she has a life shield. And now our guy Tech has a life shield. And those are, I like both of them. I was rooting yep. for both of them. So, like, I'm glad that they'll stick around for another episode. Uh, are you going to go with the LVP, or do you have an MVP as well? Who killed it for you, no. or did not kill um, it for you this week? Yeah, it's straight LVP, Steve. You got your best friend in the house, your only friend in the house kicked out, and then now this episode, you're doing too much in the actual challenge. You messed that up. You end up going into the elimination, and you mess that up too. And you, you know, you went against the only alliance you had in the house. It's not a smart move because it's one thing if you wanted to target tech, cool. 
well, not cool because it's a bad move. Again, you're, it's your alliance. But to let it get out there that it, that easily got back to him, that's another terrible move. So add that all up. Yeah, time for you to go. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. You're saying Steve's your LVP. I'm gonna go with Tina as the LVP. It's fair because I don't. I mean. She threw the competition. She was sort of, she was all over the place. Like, this is correct. She, and people said it afterwards. Like, she talked big game about coming back in the house and like getting back at everyone and like gonna expose everyone. She's trying to produce the show. Yeah. And I think you're right that like maybe she, things didn't go as expected for her, but like, come on, come on, Tina. Like yeah. you're better than this. I don't know. It. it I. This it's is the weakest episode, for sure. Yeah. There's one I thing agree. that I want to touch on that Brad pointed out, and that is, after he wins, Tech goes and rejoins, like gives Melinda a hug, and mm-hmm. is like hugging Latarian and Nehemiah, and like celebrating and brad's like i don't think i've ever seen an alliance be so blatant i don't know that that's yeah. the case right like I, when johnny I, and evan and kenny were writing together like they were very obvious the young bucks are very obvious you know yeah the, i just think everyone knows everyone's alliance it's not hidden right yeah. like people know so yeah i, I mean, get what brad's trying to say but it's not that big of a deal I don't think it's that big of a deal as well because, you know, the King's Palace, those guys, they took out Derek last episode. And then basically, Darrell swung back, pitted yeah. Steve and Tech against each other and took out Steve. So, like, you know, the lines have been drawn pretty much. There's some free agents out there for sure, but like, there's a group of four and a group of four and they're going for each other. And it's that straightforward. Yep. Where can the good people find you on social media? Find me on Twitter at Shell Alexander, on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander, and like and subscribe wherever you get the You Killed It podcast. And make sure that uh, you also uh, subscribe on the YouTube page, watch the video, bless us with a like, all that fun stuff. Tell your friends. And you can get me on Twitter and Instagram at Hill, And I am on TikTok at Jesus Chuddlesworth. Until next week, this was You Killed It. You killed it. Boom, blast.